Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today it's finally happening, the showdown of the century. We're talking about 2003's Freddy vs. Jason. Wait a minute. Freddy died by fire, Jason by water. How can we use that? And I'm joined by our Nightmare on Elm Street correspondent and one of many Friday the 13th correspondents, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. What did you think of Freddy vs. Jason? I enjoyed it. Yeah? Yeah. Yep. I had to I had to look back in my notes from previous movies. For those that don't, for, who obviously are not sitting here watching uh me with my notes in front of me. I I, I do have a notebook uh that has record of all of the movies that I have watched for this ridiculous podcast. Um and in there is notes about all of the Friday the 13th movies that I've watched, Freddy movies that I've watched, all those. And I, I looked back, and I had two Nightmare movies that were kind of at the top above most of the rest. And that would have been uh, Dream Warriors and uh, New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. I would put this right up there with those. Oh, okay. Yep. I think that it's kind of just like almost like tiered fashion for the for this series, and I think that that's in the in the top tier. Okay. Um, I think I'd still give it like a six. Okay. Out of ten, but I think that's just because that's what I gave those other ones too. So I think that's a good bar to set. Maybe not going into necessarily the seven and higher realm, but I think the main thing for this particular movie is that it kept going in different directions that I wasn't expecting. I didn't know if it was going to be Freddy versus Jason right off the bat, or if they were like, or what actually was going to end up happening. And I was pleasantly surprised with what they actually ended up doing with it. Okay, that's good. That makes me happy. I love Freddy versus Jason. It's easily, I think, my favorite Friday the 13th movie. I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. I think it's really good. And I think some of the characters suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but who cares? And, and there's a few dumb moments, but who cares? It's Freddy versus Jason. You know, the fact that we have this at all is incredible, and I think most of it works great. So I love Freddy vs. Jason. Big fan. It's it's probably in the middle of the road, like out of the nine Emerald movies, it's probably around five. Um, but that's because I love that series so much. You know, I like all of those movies. So, um, But highly recommend Freddy vs. Jason. If you haven't seen it, it's a lot of fun. If you like either one of the franchises at all, check it out. Highly recommend. So go watch that before you listen to this podcast, because the whole point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, including ultimate crossover mashup films. So we're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our list of 56 rules, which you can check out on our Twitter account, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Uh, so spoiler alert for Freddy vs. Jason. And you know what? This movie has a story. There are spoilers. Yeah, and and that's why I like I don't want I didn't want to go like too much into specifics with my thoughts on the movie just because I like I said I didn't know what this movie was gonna do so I would still even though I only gave this a six out of ten you're listening to this podcast because you're a horror fan if you're a horror fan go watch this movie it's a fun time it really is a blast so yeah Freddy vs Jason really good anything else before we get started here no I'm good all right let's get into the plot of Freddy vs Jason. The movie begins with a flashback, kind of like an opening narration by Freddy. Freddy gets his power from the fear of children. And we even, like, see him. It's implied he kills a little girl. Um, Little girl, if you find yourself in a boiler room with a crazy person, you're in a horror movie. (laughs) Try running away. Rule number 28. Run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run. She doesn't. She gets killed. Yeah, and she has no chance to begin with. Um, I mean, I guess she's not in a, a dream scenario here, because no. uh, this was a flashback to yep. real he, life. This is before Freddy. Freddy was killed. Yeah. And so, yeah, you might you might be able to get away. But basically, it's just him telling the story, you know, how he got killed, murdered by the parents of Elm Street. And what has happened since the events of Freddy's dead is everyone has forgotten Freddy. Nobody knows about him, so nobody's afraid of him. He has no power. He's just kind of stuck. We did it. <laughs> we did it. We, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> So he had comes up with this plan, pretty intelligent plan, actually. Basically, he wants to drum up some fear back in, on Springwood and on Elm Street. So he searches hell, and he finds Jason motherfucking Voorhees, who, if you remember, he goes to hell, and Jason goes to hell. It's in the title of that movie. <laughs> and this takes place before Jason X. Um, so he goes to visit Jason, who is in a Camp Crystal Lake hell, 
where he is murdering teenagers, but they don't actually die. It's just he murders them over and over again. And that doesn't really sound like hell for him. It sounds like a, a fun land. Yeah, but they don't really give him the reaction. They're like, we deserve this, Jason. Uh-oh. So maybe he like likes the screams or something. I don't he know. wants them to, to pay for it. You yeah. know? And they're just like, yeah, you know what? I deserved it. So it's not satisfying anymore. Not satisfying. So he goes, Freddy visits Jason in the form of Jason's mother, Mrs. Voorhees, and basically is like, hey, you got to go to Springwood, kill all those naughty teenagers on Elm Street. They're being naughty, Jason. Go kill them. But it's just Freddy, you know, getting Jason up and out. So Jason resurrects and he's on his way to Elm Street. Yeah. All right. And this is right off the bat. I'm like, okay, was not expecting this. I'm into it. And I'm like, okay. And I had mentioned to Ryan before the movie started, I'm like, you know what, for all I know, they're just going to team up and it's not going to make any sort of sense with what the title of the movie is. It makes it sound like they're going to battle each other, but watch, it's just going to be the two of them just wreaking havoc on the world. It's a best of both worlds. And they start doing that. So Freddy's plan is, he's chasing Elm Street to do some murdering and people are going to think, obviously, oh, it's Freddy. Freddy's doing it. Freddy's causing the murderers. Duh. And then they're afraid of him again and then Freddy can come back. Really ingenious plan. Oh, yeah surprisingly clever plot for a movie called Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> so Jason goes to Elm Street, and we're introduced to some of our main characters who, by the way, these characters mostly suck. This is the biggest negative of the movie, probably, is, like, almost all of these characters are trash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but who cares? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We're not here for the Elm Street people. No. <laughs> so our main protagonist, a girl named Lori, she is a Elm Street girl. She lives in the classic Elm Street house. She's a virgin. She's still pining after her her lost love, a guy named Will. She hasn't seen him in like four years, but no man will ever match up to him. Laura, you met him when you were 14. You got to get over that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Young love. Like, it's supposed to be, like, sweet, but, like, also at the same time, dude, you were 14. It's kind of ridiculous. And, I mean, I think it's also matched with this traumatic event that she had so you know it kind of links the two together sure because Lori's mom also died in a car accident definitely wasn't anything more nefarious than a car accident nope that that is it so she's our main protagonist she has two of her good friends over we have kia who is her sassy black friend yep and we have gib who is party girl likes to drink yep and that is their characters (laughs) yeah there's nothing else to them And Key and Gib, they really want Lori to get back out on the town and meet some boys. So they invite some over. <laughs> Nothing like forcing it upon her. So Gib's boyfriend, Trey, comes over. And Trey might be the biggest douche in this entire series. I, it, I actually can't think of a bigger douche. Like, he is borderline abusive. He says some nasty things to her. Yeah. He's just a huge, huge, huge tool and a jerk. Yeah. Might be one of the least likable. He's probably the least likable character in the movie, and Freddy Krueger murders children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Trey has brought his buddy Blake, who's also kind of douchey. He's talking about feng shui. Yeah, you kind of want to, like, half, like, feel bad for him, half just root against him. You just, there's not really anything to him. There's nothing to him. Like, we're supposed to not like him, but all we see him is he's like a justice crotch. At one point, we've all been there. <laughs> and then he talks about feng shui, and it's just like trying to be a player, I guess? I don't know. Like, we're supposed to hate Blake, but he doesn't really do anything that bad. He's just kind of there. <laughs> Once, Like Ryan said, there's not much to these characters. No, no, very little. So Trey and Gib, they go upstairs to fuck, and afterwards Gib gets in the shower, because Trey's being a huge douche, so Trey's just laying there in bed, and then Jason walks in and murders him. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're starting... <laughs> And, I mean, they gave us a few hints, like the back door being open and, like, like showing Jason outside, like the classics, that kind of stuff. But then it's just like, oh, okay. And they start off strong, but probably the best kill of the movie. Ooh. And the worst character, dead already. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, no, I I would say that's the the best kill of the movie. He stabs Trey multiple times and then folds the bed Trey's laying on in half and just kind of breaks Trey in half. It's pretty kick-ass. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I would absolutely think that this is... Freddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's in a bed. What else could it be? And it's not normal. Like, it's just, like, a stab through the, like, the chest, which is very common from back in the day. And then just this weird... Folded in half. Yeah. Like, you'd you'd have to have one of two things in order to do this. Either magical dream powers or superhuman strength. Yeah. And, come on, superhuman <laughs> strength, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
So Gib walks out of the showers, blood everywhere. Trey's dead. Immediately, everyone runs out of the house. Rule number one, guys, you are in a horror movie. Yep. <laughs> first rule to surviving horror movies, you have to know you're in one. Dead man folded in half is usually a telltale sign. And they run outside, and luckily there's a cop driving by. And we're introduced to Deputy Stubbs, who uh, uh, he was in Scary Movie. He was Greg in Scary Movie. That's who that was. Okay. Yeah, like the, I, I'm like, I know this guy from something. Yeah. And he's also in the movie White Chicks. He's one of, the, I think, the FBI agents in White Chicks. Oh, okay. So he's in this, which is really funny because he was in Scary Movie before he was in Freddy vs. Jason. That cracks me up. Nice. Um, and he's just like, nice deputy. He's really nice. He wants yeah. to help. Yep. Um, and and he, and he, very importantly, is not from this yeah. town. He's lived here a month. He doesn't know anything about Friday. He doesn't know anything. The rest of the cops, they all do, which we'll get to in a second, because we got to talk about what the cops did. So, uh, rule number one, everyone's in a horror movie. They all get down to the police station, or I guess before they get to the police station, the sheriff comes to investigate the house, and he tells his men, like, lock this down, contain it. And one of his deputies mentions Freddy Krueger, and both Lori and Blake overhear this. And this doesn't really mean anything to them, but it will. It will. And then we get to the police station where they're, they're you know, they get questioned. Lori's questioned about her dreams. What the hell could that possibly mean? But they don't know who Freddy is, so this is weird. But Lori knows the name Freddy. And so she has a nightmare about the little girl from the opening scene of the movie with her eyes gouged out, talking to her and like, Freddy did it. Warn all your friends. <laughs> Tell everyone Freddy's coming to get you all. I'm definitely not Freddy pretending to be a little girl. <laughs> Great move, Freddy. No, his manipulation game is strong. Because, yeah, Lori's afraid. One of my main critiques of the movie is that it really jumps and accelerates here. When Freddy says, like, all he needs is for them to think about him, and and that's basically it. He really means it because we just jump right in. Then. Oh yeah, we're 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 going hard, uh, and I like it. Yeah, the pacing is pretty strong in this movie. We're just it going has hard. to be. Yeah, like we're not here to watch these shitty teens do mundane things. Let's just get into it. We've we've seen how many of these movies yep. do, do that already, uh, and the movie knows. Yep. The movie knows what to do. Uh, Lori wakes up. She she fell asleep in the police station, so it was all a dream. Blake, meanwhile, is sitting out on his porch, and he also heard the name Freddy. So he's been like, just like, oh, I'm gonna find this Freddy motherfucker, track him down, and I'll kill him myself. Yeah, good luck, Blake. Blake's definitely going to do this, yeah. And uh, one of the weird things with this is, I, I feel like he's not actually afraid of Freddy, though, is he? Maybe he's putting like, on a showboat, like, like maybe he is afraid, and it's just like, no, like, I'm yeah, not afraid. Yeah, I got him. I'm going to kill him myself, because I'm a big, strong man. Okay, Blake. So he hears some noises coming from the bushes, and he goes to check it out. Blake, you're in a horror movie. Your best friend was just murdered. Killer's still on the loose, and you're going to go investigate a strange noise in the bushes. You dumb shit. He is so lucky, he is currently in a dream. Yes, yeah, he, he's asleep. But Rule 32, play stupid games and win stupid prizes. I was just about to say it. <laughs> uh, he gets out to the street, and Freddy's there, and tries to kill him, but Freddy's still just a shadow of himself. He can't really do any damage. So Blake just like, oh, I'm fine, and then he wakes up. Unfortunately, Blake's dad is sitting next to him on the bench on the porch, decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> the head falls off and lands in Blake's lap. Whoops! <laughs> and then Jason is standing behind Blake, and Blake like holds up his father's head to like block the machete blow. <laughs> uh, but now it's too late. Run, bitch, run! <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really isn't gonna matter, but he no. just sits here and takes it. Yeah. So Blake's dead. We got these two douche nozzles out of the movie. That's good. I'm yep. Back. I'm perfect. I, I love that they just brought him in and tossed him right out. <laughs> totally, 100 percent okay with this. Yep. So we cut to Weston Hills, the mental hospital, which we you'll remember from Nightmare on Elm Street's 3 and 5, uh, main setting of those movies. And we're introduced to Laurie's old uh, freshman, 14-year-old uh, flame, Will. He's played by Jason Ritter, son of uh, famous actor John Ritter. And he's nice. Yeah, he's he's a fine guy. He's one of the only likable characters in this movie, and that's not because of anything interesting he does. He's just nice. It's, it's mostly just he doesn't have any negative yep. things about him. And then his buddy Mark, the other likable character in this movie. Will and Mark are both patients at Weston Hills, and Mark was a Freddy victim. Freddy went after Mark. We're going to find out. So Mark has had a bunch of Freddy dreams. Um, but they've been committed to Weston Hills. And we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about this plan the town put on now. All right. I was going to say, when, when, when are we going to talk about this? Because this is insane. Apparently what happened after Freddy's dead is all of the children who knew about Freddy... The town locked up in Weston Hills, 
and left him there, basically. They gave him a, the drug Hypnosil, which prevents dreams. And basically, their plan is like, okay, it's like it, it's like a quarantine or a zombie movie, but there's there's no cure, so we'll just lock up all the kids who already know about Freddy, and we'll put them in there and give them Hypnosil so that they won't die, but they'll just live the rest of their lives in there, or unless we can figure out something else to do. Bye. Holy shit! <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> yeah, they... Wow. Wow! You want to talk about no half measures. I mean, I guess... Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing they could have done is just murdered all the kill- children themselves. But, you know. You know. <laughs> who wants to do that? But yeah, let's go ahead and say rule number 29, no half measures. No more half measures, Walter. Holy shit! Might I say genius? Yeah, I think you might. I think this is the best move of the movie. I think it is too. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But it's so effective. It is so effective. There's nothing wrong with the plan itself. The only reason it falls apart is because security kind of sucks. Which yeah. we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But this initial plan, which has been going on for four fucking years, they've locked all these kids up. And even worse, so they're giving them all this hypnocil. And we're going to find out later on that apparently if you get too much hypnocil, you just go into a coma and don't wake up. And they just got a bunch of them just, just in comas in there. Yep. Holy shit! <laughs> we have had our fair share of moral dilemmas and conversations about what people can do in this series. This is the first time that they actually take that extra step. Yeah. And yeah. go for it. Yeah. I, I listened back to some of our Nightmare on Elm Street podcasts, and a lot of the time some of our ideas that they they never go through with it but maybe like we'll casually mention them or we come up with it ourselves really go to 11 on the darkness scale and now we have one it it happened was not expecting this no and and this is a slow review we don't find out everything until later on the movie but damn and so mark his brother was a freddy victim his brother got killed by freddy so they put him in weston hills they put him on hypnosis he doesn't have dreams anymore and basically convinced him freddy was uh, a figment of his imagination that he's they gaslit him so he's not even sure if Freddy was real anymore. Will, on the other hand, is not here for Freddy reasons. Will was climbing into Lori's bedroom window one night, and it seemed to him that he saw Lori's dad kill Lori's mom. It turns out Freddy did it, and Will just couldn't see Freddy because dreams. So Will's, um, uh, Lori's dad just threw him into Weston Hills just to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the dad there, this is almost just the right, it's the right move. <laughs> Considering what they're up against here, okay. The goal is save remaining kids from Freddy. Okay, pretty damn good, effective. Yeah, I mean because it's either gonna be explain who Freddy is to this guy, and then toss him in Weston, <laughs> or get convicted of murder. Yeah, those are your two options. So just cut to the chase and toss him in Weston. Because all the police are gonna be in on it. And they're gonna know. Okay, Freddy killed your wife. Well, we got this guy. Who knows? Or thinks he knows that that's not true. Okay, we can shut him up, or, but otherwise he's going to go to, like, outside of Springwood. Yep. And then we have even more problems. So, yeah, they got to do... They, they take care of the town. Yep. And I don't know how they got all the parents on board with this. It is ridiculous. Know. I don't know either, but the whole, the entire town of Springwood pulled this off, and so far it's been working. Also, wait, uh, is this accurate with the rest of the series where Freddy can't attack the parents? Um... So, Freddy... Because the parents are still afraid. Yeah. So, Freddy... The only time Freddy's ever been able to go after parents in the series is if he's already in the real world or the parents got pulled into the dream. He never Mm. starts off in a parent's dream. Okay. So, yeah. There's some continuity there that I think is fairly accurate. Okay. And and I think that's true for most of the Freddy stuff in this movie. And if you just, like... Tweak it, like, a little bit, because of dreams. Oh, it's, that's fine. It's all fine, but yeah. I We've tweaked that, enough during this series. <laughs> so, basically, I guess maybe maybe they just have to get to 18 years old, and then they're fine. Yeah, well, sure. So, maybe if they all just waited for these kids to be 18, everyone's fine. A-okay. Yeah, watch a bunch of them in the in the mental hospital in Weston are perfectly fine. They don't know it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dang uh, it. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just bonkers, and I'm here for it. Yep. Excellent plan. So they see a news report uh, that there's a murder at Lori's house. So Will's like, oh shit, I need to get out of here and make sure she's okay. So Mark helps. He he pretends to be like a monkey and just annoys the warden of the mental hospital enough to uh, trank him up. And Mark sees the opportunity to steal the keys from him. A little too constant vigilance. 
Yeah. And uh, rule three, do your damn job, warden. You know, the number one rule or number one thing at the, the mental ho- uh, hospital's problem, and especially this particular one, you can't let anybody out. Security. Yeah, I feel, and this is where it's tricky, because does everybody at the hospital know? That's the question. I don't think they do. I bet it's just the people at the top who yeah. are in charge, and they just kind of say, like, yep, it sucks. There's a lot of kids who are going through this stuff, blah, 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 yada, yada. And otherwise, there's got to be bigger security measures yeah. going on here. Yeah. I want to know more about all this. Like, I'm, right? like, fascinated by this. <laughs> Um, more backstory. More backstory. So Will and Mark end up breaking out. They they get away and and ruin everything. They don't know it. It's not their fault, but they ruin everything. I feel like I feel like Mark knows enough. Mark knows enough to where he should be more careful, at least. Sure, but he spent four years being gaslit and questioning his sanity. True. So I can't really fault him too much. Lori's dad tries to slip her some hypnosil the next day, um, but she's like, "Nah, I'm going to school. Bye." What, I guess that would have been smart. I think what I like so much about this movie is, you know, Hypnosil was brought up in the third movie as kind of like, this is how we beat Freddy. Like, this is the end. And then now we know, like, oh, no, fuck you. This is a temporary solution, or you'll end up in a coma. I think that's pretty ingenious. I really like that. Yeah, because we never really came back to it, did we? No. And then we're going to find out, like, it hasn't been approved by the FDA. You know, it's just, it's still an experimental drugger. Um, so, you know, now we know why, because people end up in comas. <laughs> So Lori gets to school, Kia and uh, Gibby, they tell her, like, oh, Blake's dead. The police are blaming it all on Blake. He killed Trey, he killed his dad, and then he killed himself. Okay. Great move by the police. <laughs> he stabbed himself to death. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and they don't buy it for a second. Yeah. Fair enough. So we're introduced to a couple more characters. We meet uh, Linderman, who is nerd, who has crush on uh, Lori. We have Freeberg, who is stoner. And we have Shaq, who is obnoxious jock. They're definitely going to get a lot more development than that. <laughs> Just as much as the other characters. And Freeberg and Shaq, they're throwing a big cornfield party that night, and they invite everyone. Yeah, this is a good idea. There's a murderer on the loose. Uh, and right now, they all think Blake did it. But over the course of the day, it's going to become more and more apparent that maybe this guy named Freddy did it or something like that. And they're still going to go through with this cornfield party, you dumb shits. You're in a horror movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even if it's not, even if it's not Freddy, even if it's, I guess, not Blake, that's where it gets kind of tricky for a lot of these kids is I think that it's perfectly normal to think that it might have been Blake. If that is what the police are telling me, that is what I would actually believe. Okay, she. But if I'm like the core group, there is no reason why you should be out there. No, no, yeah. Because Lori, he and Gib are all going to go. Yeah, and... This this goes all the way back to Scream One. Yeah, it's it's almost the exact same situation. There's a killer on the loose, and you're having a giant party. Why? And and Freeberg, you've mentioned safety numbers, which I think uh, uh, Stu and Tatum mentioned in the original Scream. <laughs> safety numbers, yeah, that's gonna work out. Sure. For all you know, one of the students could be the murderer. Like Scream. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just throw this in here for fun. Rule twenty four: trust no one. <laughs> Everybody's a suspect. It's just good in general here. This could have gone straight into Scream. This could be. This could have been Scream Five, and you had no idea. <laughs> yep. No reason for this. No, no. So Lori kind of has a meltdown in the middle of the school hallway, like talking about her dreams and all the Freddy stuff. And you know, typical movie. Key and Gib, they're right there. They hear everything. They're comforting her. No, the entire hallway just kind of stops what they're doing and all listens to her. <laughs> Which is really funny. Little fun fact, one of the background extras who is leaning against the lockers, played by Evangeline Lilly. She has no lines, She's she's this is her only scene, but she is the Wasp from Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's in the most successful movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. And here she is, background extra in Freddy vs. Jason. This is where it started. Yeah, uh, all started here, Freddy vs. Jason. I love it. All but, credit. Yeah, she's very noticeable, too, because she's in, like, the foreground. She's, like, standing right behind the main characters just watching. It's really funny. Mark and Will enter the school, and Mark hears everything Laurie is saying about Freddy, and so he's like, oh, shit, this is actually happening, and then just info dumps her real quick about everything with Freddy. Is this a little bit of, uh, be careful of what you say? Yeah, his tone is very, very bad. Rule number nine, be careful what you say and how you say it. All he does is make her freak out more. Yeah, you just came out of a mental hospital. I don't know if she knows that that's where he came from. She probably has no idea who this guy is. This doesn't make you sound like a not crazy person. Yeah. 
And the best part is the whole school hears this because they all just stopped and listened to this conversation. Congratulations, Mark. You've ruined the entire town's plan. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, nothing left to do but send all these kids to the mental hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone, send the kids up, pack them up. We're going to try this again. We're going to need to add on a new addition to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is such a wild fucking movie. I love it. Mark and Will, they, Will, Will shows up, and it's like, hey, Laurie, long time no see, and then Laurie just passes out, and he and Mark have to run away. <laughs> Whoops. While they're uh, at the nurse's office with Laurie, Kia has a Freddy dream, so Kia, they, there might be something to what they're saying. Yeah, kind of sucks, because she should know now. Yep. Like, she heard two separate people who have literally never seen each other talk about a shared experience, and now you're having the exact same one. Oof. You might be in a horror movie. So Mark... He and Will go to the library, and they, they start doing research. Cool. Learn from past events. That is rule number 21, except every past event has been uh, blocked out, blacked out in the, in the archive. <laughs> uh, everything is redacted. There is nothing. Even his brother's obituary is gone. They they crossed out everything that had to do with Freddy. They covered it all up. And Mark's like, oh, I think I just fucked up the town's plan. <laughs> yeah, and, and then we basically get just them jumping straight to... Oh my gosh, we know exactly what they were doing. Fuck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so maybe if the town had like explained to them in Weston Hills, make it make it a higher secure place to be like, hey, you're all here because you know about Freddy. We gotta stop him. So you're you live here now. Bye. And and maybe if they did a better job just explaining what was happening, maybe it would have worked a little bit. You know better. what? You know what they could have done? They could have just put them all into this facility. Made it a really nice facility, and then just given them hypnosil every single night. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they might eventually end up in comas, and they have to accept that fact. And there, there's probably going to be some backlash from that, and there, other stuff is going to end up happening once they figure that out. But they can still enjoy their lives. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like to the fullest extent that sure. it could have been before, but. You know, you could you could just make it like a nice little like getaway place. Yeah, you know, yeah. like a retirement home, uh, like exile. You yeah, know, retired yeah. exile. You know, a lot of uh, people, uh, like princes and whatever, they have to retire to exile, and it's usually a pretty nice place they retire to. They got to yeah. stay there, but it's nice. Yeah, have some like have like a water park and some mini golf. In sure, there or something. sure. Just like, just take fend- your hypnosil at night. Yeah, just take your hypnosil, and you know, hey, you don't have to work or pay taxes, so that's pretty nice. Easy. Sign me up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. Dude, I love this movie even more just talking about it. Like, just the whole thought process of all this is just, like, wild. So they go hide out at Mark's house. Yeah, that's a good idea. Where where do you think they're going to look? I mean, granted, the cops are never going to look for Mark at Mark's house, but come on. Uh, like, they even take Mark's brother's van, which looks like a mystery machine, basically. <laughs> which we even get that reference. Yeah. They're going to flee town in the morning. Will's going to spend the night trying to look for, for uh, Lori, though. Cut to Cornfield Party. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's here. We have uh, Lori, Kia, Gib, Linderman, Freeberg, Shaq. The whole gang's here. And about 50 other kids. Yeah. Uh, the Freddy rumors are running rampant. Will shows up. Don't know how he found out about the cornfield party, but good for him. And he tells, tells Lori, like, hey, I wrote to you. They probably never seen it at the lunch, but I did write to you. And they're, they're about to have, like, the big important talk about everything that's going on. And Kia's like, screw this. Let's dance and drink. Rule number 56, sort out your priorities. You guys are in a horror movie. She needs to sort out her priorities. What the hell? And I mean, like, I, I, if you're just, like, two people randomly talking about, like, the, like just gossip about, oh, what could be going on? Who knows? Fine. Whatever. Don't care. He is leading up to telling her not only about stuff about Freddy, but about him seeing her father kill her mother. And he just lets it go. To drink and dance. To drink and dance. That's no, tell her, like, no, I need to talk to you right now. Kia, I don't know who you are, but I need to talk. This is important. This is more important than drinking and dancing, okay? People are dying. More people are going to die. So Gib wanders off into the cornfield and, and passes out. Uh, we don't find that out until later because it turns into a dream. But she sees Trey, her dead boyfriend, and, like, follows him into a silo, and it turns into the boiler room. Oh, no, Gib, you wandered into Freddy's boiler room. Whoops. And, you know, we get the, it's a classic scene. It's her wandering around the boiler room getting stalked by Freddy. She heads in a locker. And just before Freddy's about to kill her, she dies. Like, her gut explodes in the dream. And Freddy's like, what the fuck? That was my kill. Cut to real world. 
where she was about to get raped by uh, one of the ravers, guy covering glow sticks, because he found her passed out. Don't be a menace. (laughs) Good guy Jason shows up and kills the raver and Gib. Oh. Well, almost good guy Jason. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rule number four, don't be a menace for the raver. And so Jason impales both of them. Gib's dead. Raver guy is dead. Freddy's fucking pissed because Jason's stealing his kills. Kill poaching. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck? That's not cool. Yeah, and this is where... uh, you got I, fucking excited. I got man. excited because, like, I, I was I was happy with where the movie was going. Like, great concept. Freddie and Jason on the same team. Also cops, no half measures, and they're just going balls to the walls yep. on that side of things, too. But I'm like, I kind of want to see Freddie and Jason fight. Like, it says Freddie versus Jason. Where is it? Is it going to happen? Maybe not. Who knows? And then this happened. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> I know it's, where this is going. Yeah! But then the one thing that I thought of was, Freddy, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. To be fair, he doesn't really have anything to lose when he starts playing this game. True. It's True. just like, eh, fuck it. Try it. See what happens. Yep. Uh, so I think it's more of a rule number 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work for Freddy. Sure. It doesn't go according to plan. And it ends a very bloody disaster for you. But you're about where you were when you started. So fuck it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You got a couple more kills in, so it sure. works out. Yeah, a couple more souls, that's all you need. <laughs> so we cut to uh, Shaq and his buddy. They're, they're, they're a little bit away from everybody else. They're in the cornfield drinking Everclear. And they, Jason's standing right behind him. And they just start making fun of him because they think he's just some redneck. And his buddy, Shaq's buddy, like starts like poking him in the chest. Uh, don't touch him. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't be a menace. Yeah, and this is like the most minor like violation of don't be a menace ever, but... Yeah. Still counts. So Jason twists his head around 180 degrees and kills him. That's a big jump to <laughs> that. <laughs> and Shaq's just like, and he's this big jock. And he's been so loud the entire movie. And then he gets real quiet. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Um, and it's fun because uh, the guy who plays Shaq, he's been a couple other things. He's in. Um, he's got a minor role in Watchmen. But I know him mostly from the show Harper's Island, where he's one of the main characters on that show. And it's, it's just really funny seeing him in some other horror stuff. He's pretty insufferable in Harper's Island, but I like the actor. So Shaq, he takes off... Well, okay, so he douses Jason in Everclear and then lights him on fire. Take the shot. Hell yeah, dude. Roll five, lock, and load. (laughs) You don't know it's a supernatural hockey mask killer. It's like, fuck it. I'll let him on fire. Yeah, you saw this guy just go zero to 60 and twist this guy's head around for poking him in the chest. There's nothing else to wait for. Just go for it. And then he realizes this ain't working, so he just takes off running through the cornfield. Run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run. It's really good for Shaq. He gets all the way back to the party, and then Jason throws his Fleming machete and kills him. What are you going to do? He did everything right. He, he did li- literally everything right. Except going to the cornfield yep. party. <laughs> yep. He, he shouldn't have gone to the party, but we can level that at basically the entire main cast. <laughs> So Along with the rest of the this school area. <laughs> yeah, like, terrible. But, like, once Shaq was in, in the horror movie proper, he was great. Yeah. Just shit happens. You go up against Jason Voorhees, at that point, you're pretty screwed. Uh, a, a solid fight on the way out the door, though, for Shaq. Yep. So Jason arrives at the party and kills, like, seven people. <laughs> seven? I thought it was so many more than uh, that. I think it's, like, seven. It was just a massacre. <laughs> Run, bitch, run. I don't know what these people are doing. They just kind of stood there and died. A couple of, One guy tried throwing beers at Jason. <laughs> yeah, there, there were like three guys who tried fighting him. Yeah. No, run, bitch, run. And I mean, they don't really know that he's a supernatural freak, but dude's on fire. Yeah. Like, he, and it's not just a tiny fire. He's just fully engulfed. And I got to mention, this might be the biggest Jason like the tallest Jason actor, because it was a big deal. The The guy who played Jason in the last four movies, Kane Hodder, was not invited back for this one because they wanted to get a different guy who was taller to make this matchup between Freddy versus Jason more noticeable, like the, the size difference. And so this guy was played by Ken Kersinger, who had a small role in Friday the 13th Part 8 as a a chef who got ye- yeeted by Jason. Hmm. So he was played by a guy who had already been killed by Jason, funnily enough. How nice. So Ken Kersinger, Jason, is fucking huge so uh yeah don't fight this guy no, R- run no. away if they ever make another uh uh jason movie they need to get the mountain in yeah the, <laughs> mountain, the mountain would have been a good jason absolutely <laughs> our main five at this will kia Lori, uh, freeberg and linderman they all escape in the van they're all in a horror movie for sure and then they split up they're like hey just drop us off at home okay bye what <laughs> they, they all just like go their separate ways rule number 19 don't split up gang let's split up and look for clues 
And at this point, it's perfect because the fear of Freddy is slowly fading because all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, no, it, it was this guy. It was this crazy mass dude who just slaughtered everyone. Mm-hmm. That, that is who the killer is. Cool. No more worrying about Freddy. Awesome. Okay, why are you splitting up? Yep. There is still a killer on the loose. Yep. Like, I get you can't really trust the cops because they've been acting sketchy, but splitting up is not the answer at all. No. Stick together. Safety in numbers. Safety in numbers. <laughs> um, as long as that those numbers aren't drunk and partying. In a field. <laughs> in a cornfield. So Will and Lori get, they get back to Lori's house, and this is where Will's like, hey, your dad killed your mom. I saw it. Lori's dad shows up, and you know it turns into a big argument. It's dumb, and it doesn't really matter. But basically, Lori's like, oh, you work at West Hill, so you knew Will was there the whole time? What the fuck? Trust no one. Trust no one. Run away. Yeah. And she and Will just, like, leave. So they're going to go see Mark. Unfortunately, Mark has fallen asleep. He tried to take a caffeine pill, accidentally dropped it down the drain, because Freddy startled him. Uh, rule 7, don't leave your weapons behind. Firmly grasp it. Hey, I guess technically, yeah. So he's asleep. He gets tormented in the dream for a while by his dead brother, who's played by Zach Ward, who is in A Christmas Story. He's also in Transformers. He's part of Josh Dumel's group in the desert, and he's the nerdy guy who gets killed. Okay. And then he's also in an episode of Lost, just like Evangeline Lilly. Hmm. So, I don't know, just kind of fun. Like, this minor, minor, minor character is in a bunch of other stuff I've seen. Hmm. Cool. So, I didn't mention this before, uh, just like one scene ago, but after this fight with her father for Lori, one of the things that I noticed that was actually kind of cool is that Lori is kind of in, like, three different horror movies. Sure, yeah. She's in a Freddy horror movie, a Jason horror movie, and in this other weird horror movie with her dad, because her dad starts to get really aggressive, like... And you don't know if he's a killer. Or yeah, not. we don't. At this point, we don't know if who who killed Lori's mom, and eventually we'll find out it's Freddy. But you know, we're, he's being sus. Yeah, he's being real so sus. I, I just, I just because I don't think you really ever had something like that before. No, where three horror like, movies at once. Yeah. God damn, <laughs> lot going on for her. Yeah, she's got a lot on her plate. So she and Will arrive at the house just in time to see Freddy light Mark on fire and burn the words "Freddy's back" into Mark's back, <laughs> uh, and then kills Mark. So, so now we know Freddy is also back. Okay, now you need to be afraid of Freddy again. Freddy just killed someone. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, God. Deputy Stubbs has been working hard on this case. He's, he's been researching Jason like crazy, and the sheriff just shuts him down. And basically, he's like, if you don't, like, get in line, I'm going to lock you up, too. And Stubbs is like, what the fuck did I get myself into? Why did I move here? Welcome to town, sir. So Stubbs does the only reasonable thing and teams up with a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So we, we get our, our gang back together. We got uh, we, we got Kia, we got Laura, we got Will, we got Freeberg and Linderman, and now we have Deputy Stubbs teamed up with them. And I've been complimenting the police force for how extreme they're being, but they're also not listening. Yep. Because he specifically says, no, it, 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 there's this really specific thing, like this Jason Voorhees copycat killer, and they're not even they're not even listening. Yeah, the sheriff to him. shuts him down. So yeah, you, you got to be able to listen to that. Kind yeah, because if there's any clue about it, like this might not be Freddy in the first place. Like yeah, you're trying to keep everything hush hush so that word doesn't get out about it, but you don't even do they actually know that that's what it is? Yeah, I mean, and, and they're assuming it, and that was Freddy's whole plan. Uh, for they fell right in Freddy's trap. Yep. So they start talking about what the plan is, what, like what they should do. And we get all of Jason's backstory, so now they know. And Lori has this beautiful line. Wait, guys, Freddy died by fire, Jason by water. How can we use that? Oof. Great dialogue right there. Hated that. I, I that, was, honest, that was the worst line of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. By far. <laughs> like, she's not wrong, but, like, this is just horrible writing. It cut, like... It... <sighs> It, it it was just stupid. Like, yep. You don't need to do it this way. If that's what if that's the direction that you want to go as the movie and the writing, then then fine. But do it better, please. Yeah. If you do, do it, it during some sort of research or whatever, not just a girl sitting on the couch saying, "Oh wait, guys, blah blah blah." She doesn't know anything yeah. about. Here, here we go. I'm gonna write the scene. <laughs> All right. We're in uh, maybe the library, or you know, we we have some sort of research and they're reading. And, you know, and then one of them says, like, oh, you know, Jason drowned at this time. And then, uh, for, you know, someone's reading about Freddy, like, yeah, they, they, the town burned him to death. And dramatically, one of the characters goes, fire and water. <laughs> Cut to something else. <laughs> anything is better. Literally anything. That took me ten seconds, and it's already an improvement. 
Lori ends up falling asleep, and she dreams that the others are all going to sacrifice her because she's a virgin. <laughs> and they're going to tie her up. Uh-oh. <laughs> and then Freddy shows up, and Lori grabs his ear, rips it off, and wakes up and pulls his ear into the real world. Okay, cool. Now you know you can pull Freddy into the real world. Cool. You got that information. Yep. Progressed just like one of the other movies. Yep. Yep. So the plan for now is, hey, let's all go get our hands on some of that hypnosil. And at least we can temporarily stop Freddy. We can focus on Jason, stop Jason, and then we can deal with the Freddy problem. Great. Perfect. Excellent plan. I love this plan. So they got to go to Weston Hills. They break back in. No problem. Security here still sucks. Yeah. At this point, how many days after their escape has it been? I think it's been one. Like, it's literally the next night. Oh, wow. Okay, that's it. I was going to say, at this point... Dude who lost his keys should know that he lost his keys because he probably has to lock up at the end of the day or get in the next day, whatever it might be. At that point, you deactivate those keys or put some sort of, like, alarm on them so you know when it's used again in the future. Yep. What the hell? Not great. And they immediately all split up to, to go find the hypnosil. So we have uh, Will, Lori, and Key go one way. Linderman, Freeberg, and Stubbs go the other way. So we have our main three go one I say, way. I wonder what group is going to get in trouble. <laughs> and our backup three characters who have had basically no development go the other way. Like, th- this is almost like a sketch from something. Like, <laughs> like this is something scary movie. I was, gonna, I was just about to say, it's not exactly along the same lines, but it reminds me of when <laughs> the group of white people go yep. one way and the group of black people go it's the other scary way. scary movie, too. Yep. Yeah. No, this, this feels like a scary movie, too. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the security guard, he uh, he sees someone breaking in, so he goes to check it out. Let's well wait for backup. Because he gets to the door, and clearly someone huge is on the other side of the door breaking down. <laughs> now, he does take the shot, rule number 22. But he also breaks rule number 40, keep your distance. Because he gets right up next to the door, and just Jason knocks it over and it lands on him and crushes mm-hmm. him. Ultimately, rule number three, do your damn job, but don't die in the process. Yep. Pretty trash. Yeah, a lot of bad moves here. I can't fault him that much because, like, are you really going to expect this to happen? No. no. Do you think someone's going to be able to knock do- knock down this giant metal door no. all by themselves and have hu- superhuman strength? No. But still, you could be a lot better. Yeah, call for backup, first yeah. thing. That's uh, As a former security guard, I can tell you the first thing I do is call for backup. Second thing I do is stay the fuck away that from that door. Keep an eye on it over a camera. <laughs> Lock myself in the security room. Yep. So, Freiberg has the great idea to, like, just stop looking for the hypnosil for a minute and smoke some weed. It's like a little jaybreak. And they're with Stubbs, and Linderman's like, he's a cop. Freiberg's like, what is he going to do, arrest me? I mean, fair, but also why? Uh, uh, what what do we say that this falls under? Uh, constant vigilance, wasn't it, if you're in a horror movie? Yep. Is your drugs and alcohol rule? Yeah, yeah, constant vigilance, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, but most of all, sort out your priorities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is fucking terrible what are you doing freeberg and it was just so out of place too. just like oh you know what i could go for right now <laughs> like the way this story goes is fun but this moment is so stupid it worth it though i think in the end with where what happens with freeberg oh yeah and i mean like you need to get them to split up more yeah and i get that so you just go with the classic trope but yeah whatever it's still stupid we're criticizing and we have oh, every yeah. right to <laughs> absolutely so he just kind of like falls behind to get high and uh Stubbs and Linderman are like, wait, where the fuck did Freeberg go? We gotta go find him. Uh, don't go looking for missing people at this point. Yeah, he's not providing any value in this manhunt. No. Or not, not even a manhunt, just a search for pills. That's all it is. Rule 14, don't go looking for missing people. Now, I get why you'd want him to be with you, because I'm sure he's really great at finding drugs normally. <laughs> but in this case, uh, this is not great. And meanwhile, Will, Lori, and Kia, they find all the coma kids, and this is where we learn everything that's going on. It's like, holy shit. Oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. (laughs) And she says, who would do this? And her dad is the doctor of note for all of them. Whoops. Whoops. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Lord. All right, now we have the most what-the-fuck moment of the movie. Freeberg is visited by a Freddy caterpillar. Yep. (laughs) It reminds me of the Freddy Worm from Nightmare 3, so there's not exact, there's precedent for this, but still. Just well, a little mini version with legs. And he's got a bong, so he's going to get high with Freeberg. And, and Freeberg's asleep at this point. He's passed out somehow, probably too high. He got really tired from the weed. Yep. Which doesn't really make sense because it was just a joint. Yep. And he was just walking around, so sure, whatever. Whatever. It's fine. But he ends up following the Freddy caterpillar into the room with all the hypnosil in it. And Freddy caterpillar crawls down his gut and possesses him. 
little little reference to Nightmare on Elm Street too. Yeah, uh, which I appreciate. Uh, and so the other characters all see uh, Freebird Freddy dumping out all the hypnosil. Womp womp. Uh, uh. And then Jason attacks uh, Linderman and Stubbs. And uh, Stubbs, like, gets too close to Jason when he's trying to get away. He's, like, trying to, like, inch around him. Keep your distance. Rule 40. Because what Jason does is he slams his machete into, like, one of the control panels. And he's getting electrocuted. But he's Jason, who he doesn't give a shit. He grabs Stubbs and who also gets electrocuted and dies. So, rip Stubbs. Yeah, and Stubbs already did enough research on Jason to, like, so you should know the power of Jason and yeah. what he can do. Keep your distance. Yeah. He drops his gun because he's dead. Uh, Linderman picks it up and runs away. Lock and load. Sure. That's good. So Jason chased him all around, yada, yada, yada. Freddy Freeberg gets some tranquilizers, and he's waiting for Jason. So everyone runs past Freeberg, uh, like, hey, we gotta get out of here, Jason's coming. And then Freeberg just, uh, as Freddy, Fred, Freddy speaks through Freeberg, and he's like, I got this, bitch. <laughs> what, Jesus? <laughs> Jesus, Freeberg. What are you smoking? <laughs> So Jason approaches Freddy Freeberg, who uh, injects him with the tranquilizers, and before Jason passes out, he cuts Freeberg in half. <laughs> well done, Freddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very efficient. A good old two-for-one. Yeah. Uh, no, Freddy was good here. But Jason's passed out, and so they load his ass up in the van, and their plan is to drive him to Crystal Lake. We're going to go from Ohio to New Jersey real quick. Uh, yeah, you know, if you, if you go fast enough, if you can make speed, it. If you speed. And so that's their plan because they want them to get to Crystal Lake. They want to pull Freddy out of the dream and have the two of them fight. They want to be on Jason's home turf to give him home field advantage. Because if Jason wins, maybe he'll just stay at Crystal Lake. And they can all just leave and everyone can be happy. That's the plan. Not a bad plan. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? You're fighting Freddy and Jason. Yeah. The next thing you try might work. The next thing you try might work. Just keep going. Jason, meanwhile, is in the nightmare boiler room and just gets the shit kicked out of him by Freddy. And this is great. It's so fun. Because it just seems so out of place. I mean, because it is, yep. but it's just so cool to watch. And so Freddy can't kill Jason. He's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with you? Uh-oh. Why won't you die? <laughs> and eventually water starts, like, bursting out of a pipe. And this freaks Jason out. Now, a lot of people love a lot of criticism at this movie because of this. Jason is afraid of water in this movie. And yeah, in all the past movies, Jason has been in water just fine. But I, I don't have a sort of problem with this because this is kind of, this is in a dream. This is in his subconscious. Maybe Jason doesn't like water and he just gets over it to keep killing. But he almost drowned in water. He's been imprisoned in the lake, chained to the bottom of the lake multiple times and just left there to be alive. He probably doesn't like water very much. And in his subconscious, you know, maybe that gets to him a little bit more in the dream world. Because in the real world, we never seem to have a problem with it. But in the dreams, he doesn't like it. And I think that makes enough sense, and I, I think the movie gets too much hate for it. I think it is a little bit of a jump that is worth minor, minor, minor criticism. Sure. But I do think it has a little bit of merit just with the fact that other people in Nightmare movies have their fears just amplified yeah. in Nightmare sequences. It's not like in the real world, they're crippled by that fear and they can't operate because of that thing but in the but in a dream or a nightmare they actually are so so i think there's something there there's enough logic there to make the jump it is a bit of a jump but we can make this jump there's enough there where i can just be like yeah okay sure <laughs> um and so jason gets transformed back into a child by this fear and so freddie proceeds to torture a child and this part's a little weird but yeah feel a little bad for jason <laughs> <laughs> Lori goes into the dream and her plan is she's gonna pull Freddy out classic and she ends up at Camp Crystal Lake where we see Freddy fucking a dead camp counselor which is hilarious <laughs> and a bunch of children picking on Jason and just what is going on here <laughs> madness Jason ends up waking up the tranquilizers wear off and so he like attacks Will and Kia and Linderman and Linderman ends up firing the gun into the windshield and they crash the car and Jason just goes flying out of it hilariously just comically just yep. bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like it needed the <laughs> and Lori can't wake up because they gave her a tranquilizer for some dumb reason this was stupid why would you give her the she's tired as hell just let her sleep let her just lay down in the back people have been falling asleep so easily in this movie it's, yeah you don't need to trank her um so this this was stupid yeah and if you do give her like the most minuscule amount yeah. ever don't give her a, a syringe full because she was only gonna go in for 15 minutes like yeah. 
I don't think you can train someone for only 15 minutes. I don't think so. <laughs> Dumb. So Freddy's pissed off about this because he lost his prey. So he's going to go after Lori instead. And this is where we get the big reveal that Freddy actually killed Lori's mom. Then he almost rapes Lori, but luckily they wake her up. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So here, here we go. Final showdown. Will, Linderman, and Kia, they're all in a cabin trying to wake Lori up. Jason attacks. You know, they're all trying to, like, fight him because what can you do at this point? <laughs> Linderman charges him with like a, a an American flag. Merka, fuck yeah! Impales Jason on a flag. Good attempt. Unfortunately, he just smacks Linderman aside, and he gets impaled on like a wall bracket. And this is gonna end up killing him. It's a fatal injury, and, and the dumbest kill of the movie. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it really is the the worst kill. Yeah. So Linderman and Kia they escape. And the whole building's on fire at this point. And Will's trying to drag Lori out of there. And her arm just falls into the fire. Like, oh no, what have I done? And, and normally, I'm, normally I'm not, like, I would criticize them all for, like, fighting Jason yep. uh, before this. But their one goal is to get her up and awake. Yep. And they're just trying to buy time. So, like, we'll let it pass. They need to wake, they need to pull Freddy out of the stream. Otherwise, they are all screwed. You have to go all in here. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you just have to. Uh, Freddy's tough to beat. This is your only shot as far as, you know. So, fine. Sure. But Lori pulls Freddy out of the dream. And so now we have it, the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. It's Freddy versus <laughs> fucking Jason. And, oh, dude, it's so cool. <laughs> it's everything you want in a crossover event. <laughs> it's so much better than any of the alien predator fights. This is just insane. Uh, round one, uh, I mean, I guess round one took place in the dream where Freddy just kicked Jason's ass. Round, yeah, round one easily went to Freddy. Round two, uh, we get a, a fight in this cabin where Jason destroys Freddy and just yeets him out of the building. I'm glad that they made it a very even fight. Yeah. So at this point, Linderman dies. He sends Kia for help and Linderman just bleeds out. Dumb. In like a really dramatic moment that falls completely flat. It, it felt so out. Like, you have this super, super cool just moment where you have these two heavyweights going against each other. King Kong and Godzilla yep. style. And then cut to, oh, no, don't die. Let me go get help. No, just just go. Just go. And dead. And dead. Okay. He could have, you could have just left him dead after hitting the wall. I don't really have any rule, major rule breaks from like, yeah, he split up earlier, but Linderman was fairly good in this movie. He was pretty good. He yeah. locked and loaded and, you know, he, he did what he thought he had to do yep. this entire time. And, you know, he died trying to fight Jason, uh, trying to make this plan work. Yep. Commendable. Yep. You know, you, you got to go for it. Take the shot and some, you know, you're going to lose someone along the way in this kind of plan, you know, and it just happened to be Linderman. <laughs> it ended up being you. <laughs> Bummer. So they all get back to the main camp. And Freddy shows up, and Kia's going to try and distract him by being mean to him. Unfortunately, she doesn't notice Jason coming up behind her. This is a good plan, though. It's not like, bad. She just berates him. It's kind of it's kind of the whole, I'm not afraid of you, so you can't hurt me. Yeah. Yeah. It, Nancy did this in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But rule two, constant vigilance, Jason just destroys her. Yeah. Womp womp. All right. Here we go. Final round of the movie. Yep. Kids out of the way. <laughs> Who cares? We're going to get this just god damn epic fight across camp crystal lake it's so absurd you know we got the beating the shit out of each other uh, freddy is like firing uh gas tanks at him like, <laughs> like torpedoes yeah he's like cutting off the ends of these like uh these uh air tanks and just like firing them at jason <laughs> they're fighting across construction site and getting impaled on rebar yeah freddy's it's it's like friday freddy is trying to do like all these things just to take down like this big heavyweight guy on his home turf yep much like you might expect a regular human to do to to jason just everything single possible thing that you can actually try and he's getting hurt along the way because he can so there's blood everywhere eventually these two this fight scene goes on forever and we don't need to talk about all of it but it's fucking awesome eventually they end up on the dock out at crystal lake and they're so busy fighting just beating the shit out of each other that they don't notice Lori and will are just pumping gas and putting propane tanks by the dock pay no attention <laughs> constant vigilance freddie and jason yeah with this fight, this is where they, they dial the blood up to, like, 13. Freddy cuts off Jason's fingers. They're, they're losing the limbs. It's just fucking gnarly. When he cuts off his fingers, he drops his machete. He drops his machete. And Freddy picks it up. Freddy picks it up, and then Jason rips off Freddy's arm. But eventually, Lori's like, hey, guys. 
lights it on fire. And they, uh, Lori and Will dive underwater to avoid the explosion, but this massive explosion lights Freddy and Jason on fire and just yeets them out into the lake. In a practical stunt, too, they lit two stunt guys on fire and then used wires to launch them into the lake. Oh, nice. So that stunt was real. Cool. A lot of the stunts of this movie look kind of fake, but th- that one was real, and they were on fire, and it's fucking cool. Nice. This movie kicks ass. I love it. So it's all over. Oh, no, it's not. Someone's coming along the dock, and... It's a big thumping. It's a big thumping, and they got a machete, and it's Freddy. Oh, okay. Oh, Freddy's got a machete. Freddy, Freddy won. Yeah, <laughs> and just before he uh, stabs uh, Laurie and Will, Freddy's own glove bursts out of his chest. Jason's behind him, and he used Freddy's glove against him. <laughs> so cool. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and then Laurie picks up the machete and fucking cuts Freddy's head off. Decapitate him. Go for it. Go for the decap. Uh, they both fall in the lake. They're they're seemingly dead. Lorian will leave. They survive. The next day, the final scene of the movie, Jason comes out of the lake, still alive, holding Freddy Krueger's head, seemingly victorious. Except Freddy winks at the camera. And then we hear him laugh. Cut to credits. Oh, it's art. <laughs> I wish Freddy had won because I'm a Freddy fan, but in terms of the story, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. Jason's the good guy, comparatively. Yeah. What a what a wild ride. So weird to think that Jason's the good guy. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. But, you know, Jason is just a kid who's a scared kid. Yeah, yeah. And Freddy He is, didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he was bullied. He's been living in the woods all alone. He, he doesn't know any better. He's a scared animal, basically. Yeah. And Freddy is... Freddy's a child murderer. Freddy is a child murderer. Intentionally so. He's about as evil as he gets. Yeah. Uh, I only love him because he's so charismatic. He's played by Robert Englund. Uh, it's so good. And this is the last time Robert Englund plays Freddy. Oh. Yeah, because uh, in the remake, which is the next movie in the series, is a different actor. Mm. Um, so is it just too old? or No, they just wanted to do something new. I guess. I think Robert Englund would have done it. He loved playing Freddy, so... But I guess if you're doing a remake, then yeah, you, you kind of want to do something... Yeah, and, and you know what? To be fair, uh, the actor in the remake, it does a really good job, I think. Oh, good. Um, good. I think he's probably the best part of the new one. Like, he, he goes in a different direction with the character. He doesn't he doesn't try to be Robert Englund. He makes Freddy his own, and I think he, I think it works. That's good. But that is the plot of Freddy vs. Jason. What a time. What a time. The, the original timeline for both of these series is done now. We're finished. Because the next Friday the 13th movie is the remake, and the next Nightmare on Elm Street movie is the remake. We're done. Wow. Yeah. That's Big, crazy. It's pretty crazy. Outside of any remakes, we're we're done. Yeah, so we'll we'll one more from each series on the wheel still, and then we're we're finished here. Pretty crazy. Yep. So I don't have any new rules here. No, it's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street meets Friday the Thirteenth. We've been here. Yeah, yeah. We've been both of these places. Yeah. The only thing that you could maybe try to force something in is something for like Freddy or Jason, but that's basically everything. Everything fell into place. Yeah. So let's go with some awards. First, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy Meeks from Scream, the best movie character of all time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Huh. Huh. What do we do here? I really don't know. There are a lot of bad or just neutral. Yep. And and anyone who was good was just like, yeah, sure, they did, they did fine. I mean, like, you had Linderman who, like, essentially did nothing wrong he locked and loaded yep. and you know fought until his his dying breath yep lori seemed to do some pretty good stuff shack was pretty good shack was pretty um, good he did go in the cornfield and all that stuff but so did all the other kids yep. i don't know like you could even like make an argument for freddy or jason if you really yep. wanted to I, I don't think we can give it to jason just because i don't think he's got enough wherewithal freddy though yeah we can also even, like, I don't know if we can ultimately give it to him because they make enough mistakes, but honorable mention's got to go to Springwood Town for locking up all the kids. <laughs> they they let it go to shit, and, like, the sheriff doesn't do a great job of keeping it they, they, together. Uh, yeah, that's tough because they, they really, like we said, they really went for it, but they still could have done more. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go that far, go way over the, like, yep. even more over that, which is Why hard not? to even imagine, but, like... You got to lock down that place more. You got to listen more when people are coming to you saying like, hey, there's this Jason guy yep. out here. Honorable mention to Springwood adults, but ultimately I don't think we can give it to them. Yeah, unfortunately. I'd, I would love to because they actually did it. I think of the teenagers, I'm just so pissed at them all for splitting up for just stupid bullshit reasons and going to the goddamn party. I think Shaq was pretty good. Boy, you know, the cornfield, fine. Let's let's forget the cornfield thing because it was a little ambiguous at that point, especially for Shaq. 
Um, for the ma- for the core group, I think that uh, I think that that can actually disqualify okay. the, the core group. Okay, I'm with you on that. So I leave Shaq. He's attacked by Jason. Sees his buddy get killed. Just lights Fred, lights Jason on fire and runs away when it, he realizes it doesn't work. About as good as you can do there. About yeah, he, he didn't have a lot of chances to do anything, and he did what like two things. So all right, you want to give it to Shaq? I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I think. You know, in his situation, he did about as well as he could have. He shouldn't mm-hmm. have been at the party, but he wasn't a main character. So, fuck it. Let's give it to Shaq. Yep. <laughs> Just like everyone predicted. So Shaq is the winner of the Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Good, we'll, good job, man. We'll see if the, that actor can do it again in um, Harper's Island when uh, when I get to that one. Ooh. Never never even heard of it. It's a little miniseries. It's like a, it's a slasher miniseries. Okay. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Uh, now we have the Night of the Living Pleb, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based on Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. I think this one's super easy. Ooh, okay. I think it's Freebird. Ooh. He really only had one bad thing, though. But it was the worst thing ever. True, and it also caused a lot of bad results for other people too. Yeah, they lost the hypnosis because of this. Now, is that worse than uh, was that worse than Mark? Well, okay, so to give Mark a little bit of credit, he's been being gaslit and locked away for four years. Fair. Fair. He made a mistake, and he knows it. But I don't think I can blame him too much. With everything that character went through, I I don't really hold it against him because I think that, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, just, who, who knows? Who like, knows? Uh, you know, even all that stuff before with his family and all that. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's been he's gone through some trauma, so I want to give yep. cut Mark some slack. I I really think it's got to be Freebird. Okay, I was gonna say my only other person that I had uh, marked down was Gib. Gib, uh, because she went. One, first of all, she went to the uh, yep. the party while being in the core group that knew yep. kind of what was going on, and then she just was blackout enough yep. to pass out. Yeah, so. she drank too much. Yeah. It, when there's a killer on the loose, don't blackout drink. But uh, yeah, no, she's probably a little bit worse than everyone else who went to the party because she got the most drunk. But um, but she didn't make it far enough to make make even more bad decisions yeah. like Freeberg did. Like Freeberg did, and Freeberg went to the party. You know, he wasn't one of the main cast, but he had all the Freddy rumors. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna smoke a joint while we're looking. He split for up pills. twice. <laughs> Split it from twice. the main group and then split it from the subgroup inside yep. of it to be by himself. He got Stubbs killed by his actions, uh, and True. he got all the Hitness Hill destroyed. Yep. So okay, no, yeah, you're, yeah, that's pretty locked down right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, let's give it to Freebird. Yep. Uh, Freebird is the Night of the Living Pleb, and he's not so living anymore. That's Freddy versus Jason. We're done. Uh, so now we take Freddy versus Jason out the wheel, and in its place, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the Friday the Thirteenth remake. So they're both on the wheel now. Then uh, we have It, Texas Chainsaw 3D, Spiral, Bride of Chucky, Leprechaun Origins, and The Exorcist, The Beginning. Josh, go ahead and spin the wheel. Okay, that is Texas Chainsaw 3D, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 7. Love that movie so much. We're going to get Jordan and Derek on the podcast, that one. Jordan Ryan has never seen this movie, and he wanted Derek to be here because this movie is a giant meme. It's a meme of a film. If you watch it, it's it's got some of the sloppiest, dumbest writing you'll ever see in terms of dialogue, and I love it so much. It's just cringe fest, and I'm here for it. Yeah, and you're actually going to convince Derek to come back yeah. on? Yeah, well, uh, J- Jordan, uh, Jordan wanted Derek to come on to watch it, and I said, Derek will never do it. Never in a million years. <laughs> Not after, what was it, the second one? Yep. And Jordan's like, how about you, you invite him over for something else, and then we'll trick him into watching it. I'm like, I want Derek to keep coming on the podcast. <laughs> and Derek listened to that episode. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Texas Chainsaw 6. And he's like, he told me he would he would come on for the seventh. Because this movie is just so dumb, but amazing. What a good sport. Uh, so uh, Jordan and Derek should be back for Texas Chainsaw 3D, a movie I love dearly. Let me be clear. Everyone in the world hates this movie except me. You know, a lot of these terrible horror sequels that people hate, like Freddy's Dead, you know, there's someone else who loves it. Jordan Ryan and I both love Freddy's Dead. Um, Derek and I both love Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I've never met anyone else who likes Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> I love this movie. I can't get enough of this movie because I, I find it so fascinating how dumb it is, but I love it. You're done with your fr- your share of the Friday the 13th series, so you get to uh, reserve a film. No, no, yeah, you got one more Nightmare on Elm Street movie to get through, but you did your share of the Friday the 13th series. You did three of those movies. You get to reserve something for yourself. Oh, this is very random. Okay. Uh, and I have no idea if this is a good movie or a bad movie. 
and uh, and the way that I just thought of it right now, out of the blue, is because I was thinking of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And the one thing I know about that, I, I actually, I don't know anything about that movie. But the one thing I think of is when I worked in a video store, yes, it existed, uh, <laughs> in high school. I remember when the the new, the Nightmare, whatever, movie came out, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It is Nightmare, okay. yep. Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake came out. And I can exactly picture what the cover of the movie looks like. And for some reason, I don't even know if this came out around the same time. But the movie My Bloody Valentine. Mm, mm-hmm came out very at a very similar time and i knew nothing about either movie or anything like that and i just kind of associated those two movies together so that is literally the only reason why i'm picking it is because i never actually saw it and i don't i I know that it's in 3d (laughs) yep well here's the good news for you uh we're gonna lock that in okay we're gonna lock that one in and it's too late to back out oh no (laughs) Uh, there's two of them so there's an original one from the 80s and then that was a remake oh okay remake Man, they were just really going for remakes at oh, that time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the original one from the 80s, uh, which is eh. And then the remake, which is eh. Great. Yeah, I mean, same, I believe same screenwriter as Jason X. Oh, cool. Because he, right. you remember that he was in the movie Jason X uh, as one of the video game guys who got killed in that scene? Mm-hmm. He's also in My Bloody Valentine and gets killed. The <laughs> so it's just gonna be funny he writes himself into the movies funny okay my bloody valentine is in and you get both of those wonderful yeah <laughs> hey at least it's not a prom night situation that turned out to be like six of them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i feel like i knew that there is a second one but i didn't know it was like that where the one that i was thinking of was the remake yeah so yeah cool okay all right josh thanks for doing this this is fun i'm glad you liked freddy versus jason yeah thanks for having me <laughs> cool uh anything else uh, social media yeah, if you really want, you can go follow me on Twitter or Instagram at jwessler. That's J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Uh, give us any five-star reviews you feel like giving us. And, uh, you know, comment to us on Twitter on what you thought about Freddy vs. Jason or if you any questions or anything like that. Love getting that kind of stuff on Twitter. It's fun. And let me know what you think of, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street. What are your rankings in Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th? I, you know, I, I have this hot take where this is my favorite Friday the 13th movie. Uh, go ahead and tell me how wrong I am. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, give me your rankings. I'm really interested. I like, mm. I like knowing people's uh, rankings on those movies. So Yeah, I might try to put together my full rankings after the uh, after the remake yeah. once we get to that. Because, yeah, you're, you're coming back for the remake. Yep. Uh, excited, and we're going to finish off Nightmare. I'm I, I'm intrigued. I like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I'm really pumped for it. I think it's a really genuinely good movie. It's one of my favorite horror remakes. I think besides maybe Evil Dead and Dawn of the Dead, it's probably the best horror remake, mm. which is a super hot take. Uh, a lot of people don't like that movie, so I'll, I'll be curious to see what you think. I feel like you're going to like it. I do. All right. Well, I'm All excited. Right. All right. Anything else? No, I'm good. All right. This has been the Hunter Survivor Horror Movie Podcast. Now more than ever. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.